Hello, everyone, and welcome back to uh, our federal employee educational series um, centered around retirement and your benefits with uh, my guest, Kelly Fasterling. Welcome back, Kelly. Welcome. Thank you. So today we're going to discuss the pensions uh, predominantly first, but we still do have SERS employees out there. So some of you listening may be shaking your head like, yep, I'm still employed. And uh, again, for everybody, the purpose of the series is education and giving you resources so that uh, you're better equipped to make decisions. In Kelly's practice, and go back to listen to uh, previous sessions we've done, is dedicated to working as an advocate and a financial advisor for federal employees. And I personally feel as we've rolled out these uh, specific sessions with advisors that um, you need to work with somebody who has built their practice around your benefits and your needs. Too many times we find mistakes being made uh, by the employees as they get into retirement because they just weren't, they're working with somebody just wasn't educated on their, their benefits and planning. And so I just share that because this is what Kelly does. So, all right. So today we're going to talk about the FERS and SERS. And uh, let's start with uh, what is the uh, FERS pension, Kelly? The FERS pension is the Federal Employee Retirement System. It's a government pension. It was started back in 1984. Now, if you were hired before 84, you might be on SERS or even on the SERS offset. But the FERS pension, uh, an employee will pay both into Social Security, and then they'll get that federal pension uh, from the federal government, whereas SERS does not. Uh, SERS only gets the SERS pension but no Social Security, but, it, but it's significantly higher as well. Now, that SERS... Offset, it's kind of a hybrid. It's for people that were hired before 84, and then they worked for five or more years. They left for a year and then came back in after FERS was created. And there are very few people that are really on that SERS offset. So with that being said, um, you mentioned, uh, let's talk about FERS for a minute. So they're they're they receive a higher, they receive a lower uh, portion of their right. of their previous um, annual income, right? Can you talk about what they get? Uh, they also have a match on their thrift savings plan. Yeah, they, they do have that match there. But on the pension side, they're going to get awarded this federal, this FERS pension based on their top three consecutive years of income times their number of years of service times a factor. And that factors either 1% or if they're 62 with 20 years of service, they get a 10% bump in that factor. And that factor is 1.1%. So, for example, if somebody had been making, had averaged 80000 a year for three years and they work for 20 years, their pension at 20 years would be 1466 a month. Now, if they stopped one year sooner at 19 years, that pension would be 1266 a month. So it, it makes 
a big difference in waiting that one extra year to get up to 20 years. And yeah, I was talking to Ingrid yesterday. Ingrid's a very high paid employee and her job is extremely stressful. And we talked about, you know, trying to bridge to that 20 year point. Now she could easily consider stepping down to a less stressful job. She would still get her top three, her highest top three consecutive years of income, which might be today's period in the last couple of years, take a little simpler job and, and, you know, to bridge herself to a retirement age and still get the value of having that really high paid job for all those years. So there's some planning that might go into how to best maximize FERS and still keep your, your sanity in the job that you're in to make sure that, that you can get to the retirement year that you want to get to. So um, the question I get a lot is, when am I eligible? Um, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> I, I do have a lot of younger folks asking, you know, I'm 52 or 55 and I'm, I'm ready to go. Can I get out? Uh, holding on to to getting an immediate FERS pension, there's an eligibility requirement associated mm-hmm. with it. You have to either be age 62 with five years of service or be age 60 with 20 years of service or be age 55 or a kind of a minimum retirement age with 30 years of service. So if you're younger and haven't achieved that 30, 20, or five years of service, then you wouldn't uh, qualify for that immediate FERS pension. Now, there are a few special cases with the special provision employees, folks in law enforcement or firefighters or air traffic controllers. They do have to retire early, earlier. They get a bit of a higher pension, but there's that mandatory retirement age uh, for police and fire. It's 57 and air traffic control. It's 56. And so they're eligible a bit earlier at age 50 with 20 years and fully eligible um, at, with 25 years at any age. Okay, so Kelly, tell us about uh, the best days for a federal employee to retire. Yes, this is something that somebody should really take a look at and consider. Their pension starts accruing on the first day of the following month after they retire, and then it's paid one month later. So if you're a FERS employee, you should retire on the last day of the month. Now, SERS has a bit more flexibility. You can retire on the last day of the month or the first three days of the month. But a good rule of thumb is the last day of the month. Now, I know some people are are trying to kind of target retiring on the last day of the pay period, but you're really collecting kind of an extra eight hours of annual leave, but you give up a month of pension to do that. So, you know, just go for the last day of the month. Last day of the month. Okay, so uh, we're going to uh, give everybody um, contact information so they can get a hold of you if they want to get into the details of their situation. Right. Uh, they offer, um, uh, they being uh, Kelly's firm, offer a complimentary benefit and retirement um, analysis. So you're going to want to, you're going to want to take them up on that. Um, I've been doing this um, from an educational training perspective for 
uh, 12 years and I, I've seen, uh, the difference in clarity of planning and making good decisions by just going through, um, this process with somebody like Kelly. So, well, we're going to give that information out here before we wrap up. But before we do that, one of the, um, you know, one of the big mistakes out there is not understanding the survivor benefits. Can you give an overview of those options? Yes. So the survivor benefits are important if you're, you have a spouse and should you predecease your spouse, you want to make sure that your, your spouse will get a portion of your pension. And so there are two different options for those survivor benefits. And one is that your spouse would receive 50% of your pension after you pass. That would cost you 10% of your pension amount. So, for instance, if your pension is 2000 a month and you wanted to add that 50% survivor benefit, instead of getting 2000 a month, you'd get 1800 a month. And then your spouse would be get, would get 50% of that when you pass of, of whatever it is once all the cost of living increases over the years have been applied. The second survivor benefit has a cost of only 5% instead of 10%, but the spouse only gets 25% of the pension instead of 50%. Now the one thing to, to keep in mind if you're carrying your health benefits, your FEHB, into retirement for both you and your spouse. You want to make sure to take one of those two survivor benefits to make sure that if you predecease your spouse, your spouse can continue to have those FEHB health benefits. Got it. Very important. And that leads us uh, to next week's topic, correct? Sure. Which is federal benefits like health insurance and life insurance and a big, uh, you know, one of the big areas of planning in retirement, you know, what is life insurance and what does my group health have to do with my retirement? A lot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because a lot of people are retiring before age 65. And so yeah. there's that, that carry until Medicare kicks into gear of their health benefits, and then also if something does happen to them, how do they carry those those life insurance benefits they've been paying for over the years? And they do become cost prohibitive if you're not planning correctly. They do. They're expensive. Very expensive. So we're going to address that uh, next week. But before uh, we end this session, uh, if you do have questions uh, for Kelly, there's a couple ways that um, – you can contact her. The The best way is to give us a call on the 800 line, 888-545-8840, extension 704. We'll direct you to um, Kelly's team. Also, you can go to fedchecklist.com, F-E-D-checklist.com. You can uh, – uh, put comments and questions on the landing page there. Uh, let us know that you attended this session and you'd like more information. There's also a report that you can download. It talks about uh, key questions you need to ask prior to retirement as a federal employee, 
has a nice worksheet and budget attached. So that could help you in preparation for your meeting with, with Kelly. And it's complimentary. So there's no, um, there is no cost for this initial session. Now, Kelly, you do not run a nonprofit. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. So before we wrap up, um, the initial consultation and the report is part of the agreement Kelly's firm um, has with us. And if you go through that and Kelly's able to uh, point out areas that her practice may be able to help you with, then you would put your financial planning hat on, correct? Correct. And uh, let's give everybody, if they haven't um, attended previous sessions, uh, your firm's uh, website and information. Right. It's uh, www.aspen-creek.net. And they, they can look up our firm. My email is kelly at aspen-creek.net. And then my phone number, 719-332-1842, to reach me directly. Okay. And there's a lot of great information on just the world we're in financially on that site. So a lot of great information out there. So we're educators, and we have advisors to help you reduce the risk of making mistakes as, as you enter retirement. And that's why we do what we do bringing financial solutions to public employees. And one of the resources we have is Kelly and her team. So, Kelly, thank you very much. Great session once again. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, the opportunity. You got it. Um, I think we're helping a lot of people. So, uh, everybody, next week, uh, look for the next episode, which will be federal benefits like health insurance and life insurance, understanding what you're paying for, what you're getting, what the alternatives are. So you're going to want to uh, join us for that. So this wraps up our session. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff.